Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners joining us today. Joining me is writer, journalist, editor, broadcaster, former communications and corporate communications intern, former distinguished video coordinator, and my good friend, co-host, David Bourne. <laughs> I love How's it going, Will? <laughs> All right. Uh, I hate it as much as you love it. <laughs> you hate it? Good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I guess first and foremost, I want to apologize. We like being accountable on this show. The last audio was a little difficult, but to correct that, I've bought a sweet microphone. David has tied up his little microphone, so it's not touching anything. So I think we've eliminated any possibility of that. So with that out of the way, thank you for joining us after that episode. And so, yeah, David, how are you? And more importantly, how are the Lot Giants doing or Latte Giants? Uh, I'm pretty good. Just still trying to stay busy over here. You know, still, um, it's pretty locked up in New Jersey still in terms of uh, quarantine and all that. So we can't really go anywhere or do anything. But um, making a buy, playing some video games, watching Korean baseball. Uh, the Giants are 500 now. So overall, I can't complain, I guess. There you go, 500. Now, yeah, they were like a little bit, uh, they were on like a little bit of a losing streak before, right? Yeah, uh, the pitching staff has been sort of rough, but it's gotten back to uh, back to standard, I guess you could say. So it's going well. Good, good, good. That's good to hear. And uh, what video games are you playing? I've been running a lot of Warzone, uh, like the free Call of Duty Battle Royale game. Yeah, uh, yeah, me yeah. and a couple of my buddies from high school, we've been uh, getting real into that. And now there's so many of us that are playing where we can go like two or three games at a time. So it's, uh, it's a real good time. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, so... Other than that, we do have the update that we wanted to talk about in terms of the logo. And the logo, I don't know, I'm a big, pretty big fan of it. David, thoughts on the logo? Yeah, I, um, number one, it's, it's definitely pretty cool and uh, an upgrade over what you had to start with there. So credit <laughs> to whichever designer you had working that out because it turned out to be uh, pretty awesome. It looks you know, very sleek, very professional, so I'm digging it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, funny story is I basically, uh, <laughs> I basically designed the logo on Microsoft Word, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and then I sent it off to the graphic designer to really just clean it up and like get it to like bigger pixelation. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I love the logo. I got a little bit of inspiration because I saw like the GameCube logo. It's like the cube oh. like inside the thing. So I don't know if like if you can see it like. Like the red diamond on like the logo is part of like a cube. If you look like at like the inside of like the S or the B, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it really looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I really think it's super simple, which is what I wanted. Nothing too crazy. Like a lot of those company logos, like they can just be like absolutely crazy. Like you get confused looking at it. Um, but I'm a big fan of. <laughs> And if you like it so much, I spent the last few days on teespring.com uh, putting it on all sorts of apparel and whatnot. You got different color combinations. Uh, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash sometimes baseball and see if you anything you like there. And if you don't see anything you like, you can go to or you can email at you can email sometimes baseball at gmail.com. And I'll work with you to get a custom design set up for you that you can purchase. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, I'm a big fan of the blue hoodie with the red S and B with, like, the white diamonds. 
and uh, the black T-shirt with the all-white logo. I think it looks pretty fresh. Yeah, I was thinking about one of those hoodies as well. So I'm a, I'm a big hoodie guy. I always have one on, so I might pick one up. Yes, yes. All right, so let's actually get started with the show. People don't come to listen to us jibber-jabber. They want to learn about baseball history, which was, we're going to kick things off with today. So June 9th, 2016. <laughs> Uh, this is a jab at you, David. But the Philadelphia Phillies select outfielder Minnie, Mickey Moniak with the first overall selection. <laughs> and so just uh, for my personal enjoyment, I'm going to find every other notable player drafted after Mickey Moniak before the Phillies' next pick uh, just to rub it in David's face a little bit. So the second overall pick is Nick Senzel. Uh, well, first of all, do, do you have any thoughts on the Mickey Moniak pick? <laughs> um, at the time, it, it seemed a little bizarre just because he was definitely super raw. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think this is just me pulling memories from like articles I've read and stuff. But it, it had some or selecting Moniak number one had something to do with like they didn't have to pay him as much as the slot value is usually worth or something, and then they were able to select a couple other guys. I know. Kevin Gowdy was one of the names everybody talked about at the time, and then he ends up tearing up his arm, never really uh, turned into much, at least so far. So, obviously not great. Um, probably sums up, like, that five-year era of Phillies baseball a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I I'm rooting for the guy. You know what I mean? He's, he's our age, and I, I guess he's probably in, what, like, double, triple A by now? Oh, gosh, but, I just – I just had this up. Uh, I think he ended 2019 in double A and he went to the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows if he'll ever work something out, but hopefully <laughs> he does. You know, I'm rooting for him. Philly's mm -hmm. fan and just fan of success in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was selected out of high school. And uh, so, yeah. So, the Phillies' first selection was Mickey Moniak. Their second one was uh, Kevin Gowdy, as you mentioned, the first pick of the second round. But – Every other notable player, I'm just going to list just for my personal enjoyment. Uh, so Nick Senzel, the basically the top prospect for the Reds, he was selected second. Riley Pint, also selected out of high school. Colorado Rockies pitcher, he had a big year in high school. He was getting a lot of press. A.J. Puck for the Oakland Athletics, I think he was on the cusp of coming up, uh, or he already came up and was just tearing it up. Let me he see. got hurt, I think. Yeah, no, he definitely had the Tommy John. Yeah. I'm just saying if he, he made it to the majors, because I think he did. He's got the big, long, blonde hair. He's out of Florida. I remember he was one of, like, the guys in contention for that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were saying is the 2016 draft. Nobody was really, like, the guy there. Uh, so, yeah, actually, he did make his debut last year. Uh, 139 ERA plus. So, mowing people down. Good, good stuff. So, that that's another <laughs> good pick uh, for – David's personal detriment. Um, let's see. Alex Kirilov, the 15th overall selection. He's a top 30 prospect. Funny story about Kirilov is David and I are good friends with people who actually played high school ball against him. They beat him up pretty good too, right? Yes, yes. I'm pulling up the text message now because I wanted <laughs> to see if they could have any quotes about Kirilov. Um, so – they said when they showed up to just a regular season game, there were 18 MLB scouts watching him just take normal batting practice, which I which is crazy for a guy in high school. Uh, and then they then they met each other again later in the season in the Whitfield Championship, 
and he was pitching for them, Kirilov, and they actually put up five runs on him by, like, the second inning and knocked him out of the game. The 16th team in the nation, and they destroyed him. But, yeah, so he's a top 30 prospect. Uh, who else? Forrest Whitley, big uh, Astros name the last few years. He's been – I don't know. Did he get traded in that Granky deal, or was that somebody – that was Bukowskis. Yes, I know uh, Whitley got suspended, though, at some point. I think he did, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Justin Dunn, the 19th overall selection, the centerpiece in the deal for the Cano trade to Seattle. And then the 20th overall selection, Gavin Lux. <laughs> He's been tearing it up. Yeah, that, that one stings for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> the other ones, are, you know, like it's still a little bit unknown on what they're going to end up with. The Gavin Lux one, that hurts 100%. Yes, and then the 32nd overall pick, Will Smith, for also by the Dodgers, the catcher. He is very good. He's ridiculous. The Dodgers have figured it out. They It's unfair. <laughs> yeah. They, they know 100% what they're doing, and somehow, even when they make big trades, they never give up, like, their top one, two, or three prospects. Yes. They're always able to work yes. because they just have so many. Like, their top ten is everybody else's top three. I don't, I don't yeah, like, like, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous what they're able to do over there. And, like, they win even when they don't make a trade. Like, they were supposed to get Felipe Vasquez before that whole ordeal, and they yeah. somehow just, like, knew. They, like, they, they, don't, they can't lose. It's unfair. Yeah. Um, I think they've got – I can't think of the guy's name. He came from the Rays. Uh, what, he pieced together, like, the 2008 Rays World Series oh, team. Nick Anderson? Or no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, I can't think off the top of my head. I can't think of his name, but um, and then the Dodgers said like, "Hey, now try this with money." Yeah, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> he, he's been very successful. In, oh, in the GM, endeavors. the GM. Oh gosh, yeah. Let me look that guy's name up. Yeah. Uh, two thousand eight Rays GM Andrew Friedman. Thank you. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. It's very unfair. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, they're doing what they're doing, and they're killing it. But, yeah, so let's talk about the MLB draft this year. It starts tomorrow. We're, we are recording this on June 9th. Uh, so this will probably – this episode will come out June 10th, which is the first day of the MLB draft. And it's very different from previous drafts. So, David, thoughts on the new draft concept? I don't love it, but I can see why it's happening. Of course, without a year of, first of all, revenue that the teams are generating and then – a year of games that these potential prospects are playing. Um, the whole draft thing had to be shaken up a little bit. I do think it's a, a little unfortunate that it's only five rounds that is going to impact a ton of, you know, aspiring professional baseball players in a really negative way. But um, it's, it's going to be interesting to look back on for sure and to see who got picked, who didn't get picked, and, and what was the impact on these players who didn't end up getting selected in those five rounds. Yes, yes, I agree. I, I think it would be very interesting to see what teams, big money teams like the Dodgers do, if they just throw money at, like, the first 10 guys that didn't get drafted uh, just to, like, get them all. Like, I'll, I'll be interested to see, like, how much their uh, farm system gets, like, a boost from this potentially. I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, because all, all those guys are free agents then, theoretically, yes. right? Like, yeah. anybody who didn't get picked? Yep. Yeah. yeah, so I guess that could work in the favor of, like, if you had the chance to go to, I don't know, L.A. or 
Seattle, I, I feel like people are picking LA every single time. You know, that's nothing against Seattle, but it just, yeah. I, I know I'm taking LA if I had the chance on where to sign. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It definitely has got to hurt the, the small market teams. I, you know, like a Pittsburgh or like Cleveland or something. Yeah. Like yeah. all those teams that sort of rely on that core being built from the draft and, you know, breeding them in the farm system and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, one thing you touched on is the draft only goes five rounds. And I did some digging on guys who were drafted after the fifth round, just to give you an idea of like what we're really losing here. So a position by position breakdown. Uh, so Jorge Posada was drafted in the 24th round. Uh, and then famously Mike Piazza was drafted in the 62nd round by the Dodgers. Uh, but well, actually, Jorge Posada, what, do you, what are your thoughts on him? Do you think he's going to be remembered as a great player or just like a good player? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I always liked Jorge Posada growing up. I don't know why, but anybody who doesn't wear batting gloves, I always think yes. is like super cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and he was on all those really good Yankees teams, which definitely helps. But um, yes. there aren't many great catchers that come around now. And I feel mm-hmm. like he was – part of that like last group of guys who were awesome behind the plate and also stayed behind the plate. Yeah, so I think yeah. that might play into the fact that like when you look back on him in history, you might think, like, yeah, he was a really, a really good, if not great player. Mm-hmm. I'd put him in the category of good, like really good. I, I, I just, I think he kind of got, like he was part of that core four, but he also got carried by, the $200 million a year teams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that for sure. All right. Uh, so first base, famously, Albert Pujols wasn't drafted till the 13th round. But other first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt was drafted in the eighth round. Anthony Rizzo in the sixth round. Uh, Don Mattingly even, uh, 19th round. Wow. Uh, second base is kind of like a lighter position. But, I mean, you still got like guys like Jeff Kent drafted in the 20th round. Uh, Wade Boggs at third base uh, was drafted in the seventh round. Matt Carpenter uh, for the Cardinals was drafted in the 13th round. The, the Cardinals really hit it on that 13th round, man. Holy yeah, the Cardinals are also, like the Dodgers, one of those teams that is just so stable in their baseball ops department, and they mm-hmm. have been for the last 15 years, and that's why they're always competitive. Yeah, it, it, like just like this last year even, like everyone was so sure it was going to be the – Cubs winning the Central or, like, the Brewers winning the Central. And the Cardinals just came in, and they just kind of, like, quietly took care of business this last year. Yeah, they've always done a great job. I mean, even, like, those Astros teams, all those guys came – like, all the office guys came over from St. Louis. Yeah. (laughs) And then were able to replicate similar success, and now I guess they're sort of infamous for it. But um, Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, they're doing something very correct in in St. Louis for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So shortstop is the lightest one. Uh, the only really big one, I, I guess it, uh, the only really big one is Marcus Semyon drafted in the sixth round uh, or Nick Punto drafted in the 21st round. Uh, but that's kind of beside the point. I, I guess that's because yeah. all the best players played shortstop on like their high school teams or their college teams. So they get drafted. And then change. Or, yeah. So, yeah. They get drafted very early on as shortstops. Like A-Rod was a, Number one overall selection is the shortstop. Who else? Yeah, even guys like Alex Bregman, stuff like that. People who yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, Alex short net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Bregman. That, the year with uh, 
was it Swanson, Bregman, and Brendan Rodgers? They went like one, two, mm-hmm. and three. They were all shortstops. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I remember watching that draft. The only draft I've ever watched. Uh, <laughs> uh, moved on to the outfield. You got Jim Edmonds in the seventh round by the Angels. Kenny Law. Yeah, seventh round guy. Uh, Kenny Lofton in the seventeenth. Uh, other notables, Michael Brantley was drafted in the seventh round. Mike Cameron. Man, Mike Cameron. Do you, did you ever see, like, those highlights of Mike Cameron just destroying baseballs? And I've heard about them. Catches. I think maybe you have told me about them in the past. But like, And he's not really somebody you think of as, like, somebody who just cranked balls out of the park. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I remember somebody telling me that, like, there's really impressive footage of him out there. Yes, yes. No, uh, he had a game where his first four at-bats, he hit home runs, and then he came up, like, the fifth time with, like, the chance to do it, and he, like, grounded out or something. Or might <laughs> hit, like, a double. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, he was drafted in the 18th round. Lorenzo Cain drafted in the 17th. Ken Griffey Sr., who put a ni- together a nice career, 29th round. Uh, Jim Tomey was drafted in the 13th. That's pretty interesting. Guy with, like, how many home runs? 612? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, Philly hero Raul Ibanez, Raul Ibanez was drafted in 36th. And then you got guys – all right, for the ro- starting rotation, you got guys like Nolan Ryan drafted in the 12th, John Smoltz drafted in the 22nd, Andy Pettit drafted in the 22nd, Mark Burley was drafted in the 38th. That guy put together a nice career. He did. He got paid, too, towards the end of it, which he really deserved. Yeah, yeah. So – <laughs> and he was like the essence of just dependability. He put together what was it like fourteen consecutive season of two hundred innings and like yeah, he, like you said, he was just gonna go out there and eat innings, yeah, and do it productively. <laughs> like it's one thing if you eat innings consistently, you know, yes. like you'll go down yes. to history for that alone. Yes. But if you can do that and be good, mm-hmm. it's a whole different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like another funny thing about uh, Mark Burley is. He was, like, the quickest working guy in, like, the majors. Like, his time between pitches was something like 14 seconds or whatever because <laughs> he had, like, a personal bet with himself that he could pitch a game under two hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he finally did it, but, uh, gosh, Mark Burley. But, yeah, so I think that's some of, like, what we're losing with uh, the draft only going five rounds. I don't really know how it's going to end up. You know, if somebody told me to predict exactly how this whole new format could go, you can't just because I think sort of maybe the fun or the cool part about the MLB draft is you don't need to hit in the first round because you can find uh, Jacob deGrom in the seventh or eighth round or whatever he went in mm-hmm. or any of those guys that you just named in whatever round. You know, like each yeah. pick isn't necessarily yeah. as important, but this year it is. Like the mm-hmm. whole – thing changes mm-hmm. yeah so, um we're just gonna have to wait and see how it it's definitely gonna be fun to look back on and see yeah <laughs> how it all went down it, it'll be the most fun draft to sort of examine it and check up on mm-hmm. yeah so in like five to like seven years we're gonna get all these guys undrafted uh yeah <laughs> now throwing 107 miles an hour striking out 12 and a half guys in inning um or yeah. per game it, you know it's gonna happen there's gonna be <laughs> Oh, yeah. An all-star or six or however many that Mm -hmm. went undrafted in this, I guess, 2020 class. Yeah. Let's move on to the trivia question of the day. Uh, So just as a recap for the listeners, the trivia question comes from the 21st century, and the goal is to stump David or our guests, whoever joins the show. And (laughs) so here it is. 
only pitcher in Major League history to win a Cy Young Award, pitch a perfect game, and record 2,500 strikeouts with the same team? Uh, I guess Randy Johnson would be my, my first guess. Or no, uh, he, he bounced around. Yeah, yep. Yeah, he bounced around. Yeah. Um, with the same team. You have like a, a time frame clue? <sighs> 21st century guy, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like Sandy Koufax. Yeah. Guys move around so much now, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You said 2,500? Yes. <laughs> With the same team? Give me an answer. Uh, I guess just in the interest of the, I'll go Justin Verlander. I, 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 that doesn't seem right, but I'll, I'll throw that out there as my answer. Uh, yeah. So unfortunately, no. Uh, the answer <laughs> is Felix Hernandez. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he won the AL Cy Young in 2010, pitched a perfect game in 2012, and he reached the 2,500 strikeout mark with the Mariners in 2019. And the reason that you really wouldn't think of that is just like the last, how was it, two or three years, he just really hasn't been the king. Yeah, no, it's really been a shame, too, because, number one, he was in Seattle. So that yeah. already worked against him in terms of, like, media coverage. And then, two, those teams were never good, ever. Like, yeah. When was the last time the Mariners were even in the playoffs? Who knows? Like, that's how long. 2001? Something. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, uh, yeah. It's been entirely too long. And then he was just mowing people down out there, but it never really mattered. And it was a shame because, as those numbers indicate, he was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he, he killed King's court. I think that was one of like the coolest things uh, every time like a player uh, played like the, the Yankees kind of copied it with like the judges corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the King's court, that one section out in like left field, where everybody's wearing like the same t-shirt. They got like the K signs. Like, yeah, I, it, I remember they had like crowns on or something like, cause um, yeah, the Phillies yeah. were out there one game. And obviously I never watched many Mariners games growing yeah. up because they were never on TV, but I do remember that. Yes. 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 Yeah. It, it's, it's really a shame the way his career kind of turned out. He, he's a guy that took like a hometown discount. You never hear that. Underrated for sure, simply because of the East Coast bias and, and things mm. of that nature. Yep, yep, I agree wholeheartedly. So that inspired our rankings for this week. So every week we either do a rankings or a draft. And so with this week we're going to do rankings again. And playing off of last week's as well, we ranked the top five MVP seasons from 2000 to 2009. So this week – because Felix won a Cy Young, we're going to rank the top five Cy Young Award seasons from 2000 to 2009. So, David, I'll let you go first. Who is the fifth guy? Who'd you rank number five? All right. So, um, growing up, I remember when this this man first entered the league, and it was like the height of my baseball fandom, and I just loved every single second of it. Um, until a couple of years later when he ended up mowing down the Phillies in the playoffs. But I went uh, 2008, Tim Lincecum. Uh, he was an all-star for, I guess, like, what, four years in a row there. But um, 2008 was the first year he really burst onto the scene. 18-5 and with a 2.62 ERA. Absolutely phenomenal. And he struck out 265 batters over 227 innings. 
Yep, yep. I uh, I selected the exact same guy as my fifth overall. Because yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the freak, man. The freak. It was so much fun. I think any baseball fan, especially if you were like 10 or 11 years old like we were, you just saw this kind of goofy-looking dude with yeah. long hair go out there and pitch all, like, funky and strange. But he was <laughs> mowing people down. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, I wanted to talk about the freak. That's why I had him as uh, my fifth pick, just because – that that crazy run he had that what is a four year stretch? Let, let's just look at that. He pitched, so he had a two eight one ERA with over eight hundred and eighty one innings pitched, and over the eight hundred and eighty one innings pitched, he had nine hundred and seventy seven strikeouts, an ERA plus of one forty three, and he's striking out ten guys every nine innings, <laughs> like unhittable. Uh, yeah. Come on. Like <laughs> Yeah. And he he was basically the centerpiece of that whole Giants era. Like mm-hmm. him, guys like Matt Kane, uh that rotation alone was pretty filthy. Even though yeah. Jonathan Sanchez had a couple really good years there. But um <laughs> Lincecum sort of started that whole thing. Like the Giants weren't really relevant when he came in the league. Then he started mm-hmm. dominating for a couple of years. He locked down the top of their rotation and set the framework for that dynasty almost that they put together how many championships did they win three three was it- yeah. yeah yeah he 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 was there for all three uh unfortunately the 2012 season he was not good he led the league in losses uh- yeah. <laughs> yeah things did get a little rocky there and even where was he i think the angels like his last season he wasn't mm-hmm. phenomenal there either but as we talked about that four or five year stretch that he put together at the beginning of his career when he was what like 23 Starting out, like, he, he, he was filthy, and it was a ton of fun. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, 20, 2008, won the Cy Young Award, finished 23rd in MVP. 2009, won the Cy Young Award, finished 18th in MVP. And then 2010, he finished 10th in the Cy Young Award. And 2011, he finished 6th. So, the, the dude was very dominant for a very amazing four-year stretch that year. And I just remember my first – uh, memory of seeing like a Tim Lincecum picture. He was on like the cover with Clayton Kershaw. It was like the two young aces or whatever. So it yeah. was kind of fun seeing like that rivalry too with them. But yeah, so I had him as number five. So I guess you can just go to your number four. Hopefully we don't have the same <laughs> one through five here. Yeah, that would not be ideal. And for future reference, that's probably something we should talk about before we get on the air. But um, <laughs> no, for yeah. <laughs> yeah, for uh, I guess we're new to this, so stick with us here. But uh, number four, I went with 2009 Zach Grinky. Um, that look on your face is sort of telling me that you also did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I think we should just go to drafts from now on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, crazy stat I found online was that Grinky didn't allow an earned run until his fifth start of the season. Are you? And I didn't even he- see that. <laughs> Yeah, and he had a point eight eight or he had a point eight four ERA through ten outings to start the year. Oh my god. So nobody was scoring off of this guy and <laughs> nobody had really heard of him much before. Like I think yeah. he was drafted pretty high and was a big name prospect, but if you look at the couple of seasons before, like he was thirteen and ten the season before with a three four seven. That's pretty legit. But like before stuff like that, he was a good pitcher. He was never considered a great pitcher by any means. And then mm-hmm. he came in and just <laughs> lit it up, <laughs> yeah, for lack yeah. of better words. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no. In that 2009 season, he was worth 10.4 wins, which is very good. Uh, <laughs> just yeah. for uh, people's edification, a 10.4 win season has been done very few times. Uh, has Mike Mike Trout's gotten a 10 win season? But like that's like the other only notable name I can think of recently. Oh, Mookie Betts. Apologies. Uh, but yeah, v- very 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 good season I, um i think <laughs> oh god our list is going to be the same I'm, I'm looking at mine right now and our list is definitely going to be exactly the same yeah so do you have <laughs> as your number three do you have 2001 randy johnson yep i do <laughs> 2002 randy johnson yes <laughs> and then 2000 pedro <laughs> yeah that that is exactly my list one to five i think this one is a little bit easier than the MVPs when you really look at it. The MVPs, there was a lot of debatable (laughs) factors that can go into that, you know, like why this Albert Pujols was better than that Albert Pujols or something like that. But when you look at just the raw numbers from this one, it seemed a little, like I can see why we came up with the same answers. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, just for the fun of it, let's just talk about the Randy Johnson uh, 2001-2002 2001-2002 run he went on. I uh, pitched 510 innings almost, 509 and two-thirds. Uh, he struck out 706 people. <laughs> yeah. And he was old. Well, he was, it's not like he was in his prime. He was, what, yeah. like 36, 37? No, he's 37 and 38 for those two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, his strikeouts per nine was 12 and a half over that two-year run. 11 complete games and six shutouts uh 2.4 era and and this is during the time when like the average era was 4.42 4.28 like come on <laughs> yeah everybody was juicing you know people were huge and cranking 60 home runs out like nobody's <laughs> business and he he was still finding a way to get the job done yeah so mad props to Randy Johnson and <laughs> Let's just uh, sit back and take a moment to appreciate the 2000 Pedro Martinez season. Hit me with some stats, David. Let's go. <laughs> I guess, yeah, like just when you look at the numbers, it's sort of comparable in like the wow factor to that Barry Bonds year that we yeah. broke down in detail on the last episode. I've got 284 strikeouts. He only walked 32 batters, seven complete games. Four shutouts and put together a 1.74 ERA. Yeah, yeah. And just like, to give some context, the 1.74 ERA was in a time where the league average, was, there, there were 5.14 runs scored a game, and the ERA was a 4.77. And this guy put up a 1.74. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's fun to watch those highlights, too, because he was still all, like, young and skinny looking. Mm-hmm. And he, he was never a big guy, either. I think he's, what, like, 5'10", maybe? That's probably what they list him as, so he's probably an inch or two shorter, also. 5'11". Um, yeah. It, he was just going out there and pumping straight gas, like, almost for seven, eight innings at a time. Like, you know how Verlander will just start at, like, 97 and then work yeah. his way up to 99? Like, it was a little similar to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another great stat that I just want to call out here, that during that 2000 season, he's ERA plus, which is essentially like how much better or worse than you are with the league average being 100. 
his ERA plus was 291. He was three times better than the league average. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his walks plus hits per innings pitched that year uh, is a major league record, 0.737, because he only <laughs> walked 32 guys, like you said, and he's hits per nine was 5.3. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah his strikeouts per walk, 8.88. Very, very ridiculous. <laughs> He's always been a guy who played on teams that I didn't really like. Of course, he joined the Phillies for that one, like, half a season. I loved mm-hmm. him then. But I was never big on those Red Sox teams, and I definitely was not big on those Mets teams. Yes. And it was just frustrating <laughs> to watch how good he was, like, during those time periods where he would just go out there and completely tear apart your favorite team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I very much agree. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, just for the future uh, – <laughs> I think we should do a draft format. <laughs> yeah, we're learning on the fly here, <laughs> as, as today was a, a brutal uh, reminder of. But like I said earlier, I think that does really just show how dominant some of these guys' oh, seasons yeah. were yeah. and how the, the numbers just immediately jump off the page. Or maybe we'll have to expand, like, the time frame we're pulling from or something like that just to hopefully get a little bit more variety in there. But um, really credit to – Who'd we go with? The Freak, Zach Grinke, uh, Randy Johnson, of course, and Pedro for piecing together some video game seasons. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's still fun to talk about, like, that 2000 to 2009 because you kind of, like, forget about it. Like, we're 10-plus years removed from it. Like, so it's kind of just cool to, like, revisit that. Uh, but, yeah, I think for a draft – and what we can do is even I can be like, hey, heads or tails, your call. And then if you get it right, you get to – go first and then if I get it right I'm gonna pick Pedro first obviously yeah uh, <laughs> or 04 Barry Bonds uh <laughs> yeah I also have this Barry Bonds rule now where you can't be in more than twice because uh, <laughs> Randy Johnson was pushing it he, he was really he could have been in mm-hmm. there probably three times if, I, if we wanted to put him in there so uh mm-hmm. yep I agree <laughs> yep 100 percent uh <laughs> But, yeah, the, the, just ridiculous. Oh, gosh. Oh, another fun thing I was thinking about, uh, I should have talked about this when we were talking about the logo, but there's like a 53 hidden in there. I don't know if you can – I don't know if you noticed that, like the number 53. I didn't even see it. Uh, yeah, like on the main logo for our podcasting, the S looks like a 5 and like the B – it, it's kind of hidden in there, but it looks like a three if you're not really paying attention. Because uh, we were on the topic of Cy Young Award winners, and I, I was looking at who the heck wore number 53 in Major League Baseball. And the only really two notable guys were Bobby Abreu. That's the one I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Don Drysdale back with the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he won a Cy Young Award. He's in the Hall of Fame. He won a Cy Young Award and three World Series with the Dodgers. So in his Cy Young Award winning season, he actually finished fifth in MVP voting that year. Oh. But just some crazy numbers to throw out there just because it was a different time. In 1962, he won the Cy Young Award. He won 25 games, which 
we've kind of discounted the win since then, but that's a lot. That, that led the lead. Uh, <laughs> he started 41 games. <laughs> wow. That's never going to happen again. Uh, yeah. Like that's like an unbreakable thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> except for like yeah. the opener. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Who are we tracking Stanek? last Yeah. Ryan Stanek. We were tracking him <laughs> last year because he was leading the league in games started for the longest time. <laughs> I think up until he got traded, he, yeah. he was the league leader. Yeah, because yeah, he was used completely differently with the Marlins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But he pitched 314 innings, another big number. Uh, <laughs> uh, 232 strikeouts. This was not the era of strikeouts. And here's a crazy number to think about. He faced 1,289 batters in that season. <laughs> Randy Johnson in his 2002 season faced 1,035, and that was a lot. That's a lot even now, uh, especially now. Um, but, yeah, just a, a really great season all around from uh, Don Drysdale. And he actually had five years in a row where he started 40 or more games, which is crazy. But um, especially <laughs> when you think, like, how did their arms feel? You know, like, Oh, gosh. Oh. You see, and you know, like the technology that, that those guys have now is nothing, or is you know blows whatever Don Drysdale was recovering mm-hmm. with out of the water. Like, I, I would love to see just the, like the stretching routine before the game and, and the recovery routine after the game when you're starting 41 games and throwing, mm-hmm. you know, six seven innings. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, geez, yeah. And I was actually reading an article the other day about Tommy John surgery and how they were saying like it could have saved uh, Sandy Koufax's career because he eventually went down with like elbow issues. Like mm. he famously only had like a 10, 11 year career. Uh, but yeah, so I was reading that, but I, I was thinking like, can you even get like a Don Drysdale Jersey? <laughs> I, I guess, man, probably one of those like DH gate ones or something like that, or, or maybe even fanatics or something is, yeah, yeah. Like I'm on throwback. DHgate right now. I'm very interested. Yeah. Uh, you can. $24. And I think you could, yeah, I think you could get in anybody jersey if you really look hard enough on the internet mm-hmm. at this point. Should I get one? I mean, <laughs> you, you, you go for it. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you no. All right. I'm doing this. Let's go. Don Drysdale, size large. I've been eating a lot. Uh <laughs> Continue. All right, let's do it. Bye now. Shipping cost $8. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's do it. This could be an update for next week. See where it's at. I was going to – and then th- three months from now, it will appear <laughs> on your front porch. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so 32.43. Unfortunately, it doesn't end with 53 cents. Oh, that's another fun thing on the Teespring site. Uh, everything ends with 53 cents because of the hidden 53 in our logo, which I think is pretty fun. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's get a Don Drysdale jersey. <laughs> I'm excited for this. It's taken me a lot of restraint to not purchase a bunch of KBO jerseys because they have, like, <laughs> they put out the website the other day, and I'm like, all right, Dave, you do not need, like, three of these. Oh, Just <laughs> Oh, no. I said it to my wrong address. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. We're, we're making a lot of rookie mistakes today. No, no, no. It's fine. I just remembered. I forwarded all my mail from the U.S. Post Office uh, to here. So. 
Oh gosh. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going to have a Don Drysdale jersey. That's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we've gone so far off topic. Where are we? Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. Let's, let's get back to things. Um, so I think that ends the Cy Young segment. What say you? <laughs> yeah, it covers it for me. Um, uh, oh gosh. Uh, yeah, well, let's, uh, yeah, let, let's definitely do a draft from now on. I think that's more fun. Uh, <laughs> so, sounds good. All right, so let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, we did this last week, and I think it'd be fun to do it again, the song lyric of the day. So, David, you got a song lyric for us? Uh, yeah, I, I pulled if you um, took If you took my song lyric, I think it might as well just end it here. Uh, <laughs> I was, I'm I'm gonna say we don't. I can't I can't confirm that. But um, of course, if I'm listening to rap music, my go-to is usually Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, that is my guy in every way, shape, or form. Um, but I chose a Pharrell lyric from his feature on Neon Guts, which is uh, "Success is a drug, and man, we high." Just because <laughs> I think that's a pretty cool line. Like, yeah. oh yeah, that's <laughs> a, a bar subtle for flex. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, that's what I went with today. That's a real feel-good song for me. So um, success is a drug, and man, we eyes is my my lyric of the day. Nice, nice. I like that. Yeah. It, it, I do agree with you. Like, once you get, like, that little bit of, like, success, it's just like, let's see what else we can do. Let's go. Let's, that's go, let's I, go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> like, you you basically feel like, you know, you've got some sort of high going on. Like, you feel <laughs> the energy running through you. It's, it's a real cool feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it really just, like – once you get like that first one, it's like, all right, let's see what else we can do. Boom, 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 boom. And then you're just feeling great about yourself, positive, positive personality. But I think the key with that whole idea around chasing that success is it's really tough that you can't get too high. Like you got to be able to like take the highs with the lows because you know they're both going to come. And so if you oh, yeah. stay in like the middle there, I think you can uh, – I think you'll be all right. But that, that's, a, brother. that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, so I, my song lyric of the day comes from actually a Jersey guy, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> didn't, didn't you tell me who, who doesn't like Bruce Springsteen in your house? Uh, my dad is, is very anti Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I, I don't really know why, but, um, it's weird because every, like I'm from New Jersey, of course. And then everybody in New Jersey for the most part, I would say is like huge on him, but somehow my dad is, has come up with a reason to, to dislike him. But. Yeah, yeah. So I went with uh, his song "Dancing in the Dark," and the lyric I chose was, "I check my look in the mirror. I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face." <laughs> and <laughs> I've always liked that one because, like, when I'm driving around in the car, it's like, or with somebody else, like, I, I just think it's like a fun one to just like, I want to like, I grab like my clothes, my hair, my face, and, like, <laughs> it's a fun one. and. At the same time, like, you also think about, like, what, like, the song is really talking about. It's kind of just, like, like the college days. Like, we just kind of went through. It's just, like, let's go out. Let's do something. And then it's, like, you check your look in the mirror. It's, like, oh, gosh. Like, I don't look right. Like, I don't like, – yeah, you know. <laughs> and I just thought that was, like – I've always liked that lyric. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun for sure. That song in general is a pretty good one. I'm not huge on Bruce Springsteen just because, like I said, like, my dad never listened to him. So, that was never really on when I was in the car or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Dancing in the Dark, I feel like, is a song that pretty much everybody enjoys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's a good one and then in the music video that uh what the heck is her name from friends is in like the music video i'm not a friends guy man i'm the wrong guy to ask on this one 
Yeah, it's okay. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. This is so meaningless at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our our eight listeners are really going to enjoy this, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah. So we're going to move on to a new topic, which I'm really excited about, and I think this is going to supplant and or replace uh, the fun baseball story. I find is a trending Twitter topic that I think is just funny or fun or just random, and so this was trending on Twitter yesterday for. I don't know what reason. Uh, Shrek 2 was trending on Twitter yesterday. A movie from 2004. <laughs> but it looked like just because people were just like, oh my gosh, the red di- or fa- the fairy godmother's rendition of I Need a Hero. Like people were really loving on that. David, <laughs> any thoughts whatsoever on Shrek 2 trending on Twitter? <laughs> um, I... I'm looking now and I'm trying to see why it was trending on Twitter and most of the initial tweets I'm seeing are people who are in the same boat as I am. They're asking why is Shrek 2 trending or <laughs> things of that nature. I've never even seen the movie. Wait, 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 so, wait. <laughs> You've never seen Shrek 2? No, I've seen I saw the first Shrek. Um okay. I guess I didn't love it enough to see the second one. <laughs> but um maybe I should watch it now. If enough people are talking about it would you say 10 12 years after the fact it, it yeah. must have been a timeless classic and i have nothing <laughs> better out, to do than, than put it, it on 2004 i mean come on it's only an hour 45 i think you can find the time <laughs> uh, with the current situation i'm in now yes i definitely have the time but um it's just a matter of do i want to devote that time to direct to i don't know i, I think uh the introduction of the character puss in boots is pretty good uh so okay i'm i am familiar with puss in boots oh okay okay yeah. so, you, so you know the basics yes okay i, I don't know it, it's kind of ridiculous you haven't seen shrek 2 but uh whatever we'll roll with it <laughs> <laughs> looking forward um, to next week's stuff <laughs> yes yes please let's move on to next week so i think that concludes our show but if any of our listeners have a fun Twitter story they want us to talk about, trivia they think can stump David or our guests from the 21st century, you can be a part of this show. All you have to do is reach out to us on either Instagram or Twitter. On Instagram, you can DM us at sometimes baseball, S-O-M-E-T-I-M-E-S-B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L. And you can reach us on Twitter at S-O-M-E-T-I-M-E-S-B-S-B-L, sometimes baseball. Just look for our logo, and thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me again, buddy. Looking forward to next week. Yes.